Wait, hold on. So who's injured? <laughs> I'm kind of drunk already. So <laughs> we start every episode like this. <laughs> like every episode, it's him like, oh, I'm drunk already. <laughs> oh, shoot. You started recording. Listen, all right. I. It's been a long day. I'm just trying to wind down with this ace. Can I just pineapple craft cider? Can we say though, like everybody clap for Kim because she had her first day <laughs> as a PhD student at Riverside. So yeah, you are allowed to get a little crazy today. Yeah, guys or folks, ladies, ladies. Okay, cheers, cheers to Dr. Yules. Cheers. Look at that. What a queen. Damn, dude. Five years is going to freaking fly. Mm-hmm. Let me put on my glasses because Michaela's wearing hers. Oh. Wow. So, dude, I'm wearing my Riverside shirt. You're wearing your Chevron shirt. I cry. Wow, best friend goals, to be honest. <laughs> Wait, do you wear a Chevron shirt every day? Um, They're basically all the clothes that I own. So, yes. Cool. I have no other t-shirts. I think seven out of my, like, ten t-shirts are Chevron shirts. So. Okay, let me ask you a question. Okay. You know those... um. Those shorts that some frats would sell on campus where it says, like, the frat name on, on the, the butt. butt. Yeah. Would you wear shorts that say, like, <laughs> Obviously. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. No, I, that would scream. I just got – so, on Thursday of last week, so, yeah, a week ago, um, mm. because I just started, right, it takes a long time for me to get all my PPE, like – delivered to me because they have to size it especially because I'm me so I'm like super small so everything has to be like custom made and hemmed um so I they dropped it off at my locker the other day and I freaking tried it on and it was still fucking too big on me and so I went back today and I was like I don't know what to tell you can we get an extra extra small (laughs) but it was funny because I was really waiting to get my PPE because I currently am wearing sample Nomex when I go into the refinery and is that the blue yeah the blue coveralls yeah there's a little name tag that normally has your name, but mine mm. just says sample. And so I was out in the refiner the other day and an operator comes up to me and I was like working on something with him. And he was like, Oh, is your name sample? Like hundred percent serious. Like he was asking me, he was like, Oh, so is your last name sample? And I was like, no, <laughs> it's not. And so I was really excited to get my Nomex in my locker the other day. And then I tried it on. It's too big. So now I have to wait who knows how long to get, them re-tagged and resized. <laughs> whatever, I'll be sample for another month. It's fine. You should have been like, yeah, Sam for short. <laughs> pull if you're feeling dangerous. <laughs> Actually, first name Sam, last name Pull. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to call you Sample from now on. Thanks. Everyone, this is Sample Minton. <laughs> or no, sorry, Sam Pull. Sam Pull, yep. But yep. Sample. Yep. Um, yeah, so welcome to the <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Okay, but also like... You know, for all the fans out there, like, we kind of need to reintroduce ourselves. Yes. So, yeah. take it away. Hi, everyone. My name's Kimberly. This is, yeah, this is Kimberly. <laughs> this is episode four of Kimberly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not here right now. I'm just, yes. yeah. You're my assistant. Yeah. You're okay. like Jamie no. from the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're a nut, um, Michaela. Yeah, Michaela, that's my name. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. I'm Michaela. Sorry, no, Sample. Oh, I'm Sample, <laughs> and th- I'm Sample, and this is our podcast, yeah. a podcast, episode podcast. four of our podcast, Unfiltered. There you go. Perfect yeah. introduction. We got it down.
So we have a quick little update here. We wanted to mm-hmm. to tell you guys. Um, we had a lot of positive feedback about the route that we kind of took with our last two episodes where we asked you guys a lot of, or you guys asked us a lot of questions. Um, and a lot of them were focused about being a uh, women in STEM, which was really awesome. And I'm glad you guys had so many questions about that. And we ended up actually getting a lot of really good feedback about that. And it is something we're both super passionate about and have a lot to say. So we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit from here on out and try to talk more about that. Um, we have some really cool interviews lined up for you guys over the next couple of weeks um, where we're going to be talking to different female engineers. We are also going to be telling you about our own experiences. What else are we doing? By the way, when we say un- like unfiltered experiences, we just mean a lot of times it's me and Michaela do this too. We kind of like downplay our experiences. Mm-hmm. We don't really dive deep into them and talk about what the implications are, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's why we want this podcast because there's a lot of things that people don't really talk about. Like when we talk about pooping, for some reason, girls don't poop. That's the yeah, big consensus. Well, like fart, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But guess what? We do all poop. the time. We do fart. All the time. On a schedule for some of us. <laughs> Yes, me specifically. <laughs> so that's what we mean by unfiltered. I think another another reason we really like that name for the podcast is that like in today's society with like social media and all that kind of stuff, I think women and girls always feel like they need to filter themselves, whether it's their voice, what they're saying, their pictures. pictures, literal filters. And so we're kind of, we wanted to kind of fight against that and be honest with you guys about our experiences. Um, hopefully people we have on the podcast will do the same and be able to tell you about their experiences um, and just kind of fight against that stigma a little bit while talking up about really important issues um, and giving a voice to a lot of people who haven't had one before. With that being said, we also will be keeping the mood on a lighter side when we can, Mm -hmm. um, throwing in some dumb stories as we go along, whether they're related or not, couldn't tell you, but we got a lot to say, so... (laughs) Don't worry, there will be some some fun, lighthearted stuff too. But anyways, yeah, we just wanted to let you guys know that we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit, which we're really excited mm-hmm. for. Um, so anyways, with that, we can yeah. get started. I don't know. Yes. Wow. So we actually have something new that we're introducing yes. to the podcast, kind of like a segment, I suppose you could call it, that we will be calling... Questions for Queens. And essentially, at the beginning of every episode, Michaela or I will ask a really difficult brain teaser that are actually asked in a lot of engineering interviews. And trust me, we've heard from multiple people that different questions like this have been asked. So we're not crazy. Well, so I didn't know people actually get asked these questions. I was on the bus one day when I was studying abroad. I overheard some people saying that they got this specific question I'm about to ask in an interview. And I was like, holy nuts. If I were to get this question, I'd be like, oh, that's the thing though. Like they just putting this out there, if you do ever get one, asked one of these in an interview, they care less about you getting the right answer mm-hmm. and more about your thought process. So they usually right. will ask you like, oh, think out loud or here's a whiteboard, write your thoughts down or like whatever, whatever. Because even if you right. have a totally different answer, they don't care about that usually at all. It's more about how you got there and like how you think. So just saying that right. you don't need to get the right answer. But for our series, you do. 
because we'll be asking you next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we'll ask you the question um, in an episode, and then in the next week, we will discuss the answer. So I'm going to go ahead and ask wait, wait, wait. this week's question. Yes. I have to give a shout out to my boy, Alex. He gave us this idea, and he is yes. actually driving this podcast from behind the scenes. So Honestly, Alex, haven't met you, but you're literally my favorite yeah, person. Number one fan. Life, I love so him. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. So the question goes as follows. There is a panel of light switches on the outside of a room. Inside the room, there's a light bulb and there's a door. Okay. Just so everyone knows the door is closed right now. Yes. So this light panel has three switches on it. You can only go inside the room one time, one time to check the light bulb. How do you figure out which switch turns on the light bulb? Okay, if you need to rewind, please yeah. do. Pause. All of the information Think I gave you is all you need. Yes. You Don't, ask me. <laughs> Don't ask me if you can look under the door <laughs> to see if the light turns on. It is sealed shut. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But no, yeah, There's Kim no- asked me this one time when we were at our kitchen table and I don't think I got it, did I? I think I got close. I think I had to like you, help you gave you a me a hint. You gave me a hint. I remember that, and then I got it. Um, but this is a good question. I like this one, and we have a good one prepared for next week too that we both struggled with at our kitchen table too. <laughs> that night we spent like an hour trying to figure it out. Different riddles. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did, and we would look up different ones and ask each other questions. That was good. So we're passing that on to you guys now. So yeah. comment below if you think you know the answer. Um, message us whatever you want to do. We'll go over the answer next week. Um, don't look it up. Don't cheat. <laughs> challenge yes. yourself because if you get this <laughs> question in interview um you'll be the number one applicant obviously you're welcome yes you're you welcome can thank us for your future job yep okay yes moving on what are we talking about today um we are going to be talking about um our different upbringings because we were raised in very different households with different influences um and how that did or didn't influence us going into stem and We'll touch on, you know, what exactly made us stay in STEM after um, starting to take classes in school and where we are now. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to start? Oh, snap. I was oh, hoping you would. Okay. I can if you want. <laughs> Please. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So my background, I kind of touched on this a little bit before in a previous episode, but um I was introduced to engineering at a very, very, very young age. Both of my parents are computer scientists. Um, my brother is now a software engineer, although I hate saying that. He knows if he ever listens to this, I hate calling him a software engineer because he got a math degree and partied his way through college. And I worked my freaking ass off to get that engineering degree. And yet he has a software engineering title. It's fine. I'm not bitter. I'm not salty. Okay. Anyways. But you're also striving and doing amazing things. Oh, thanks. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> I don't really care. I just want to take him <laughs> down. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I was raised in a household that was always kind of stemmed, toward, stemmed geared towards STEM, um, mm-hmm. influences from my parents. Um, they also were the kind of parents that like didn't push it on me. I liked it, but like bought the science experiment kits and toys I uh, was playing with Legos at a young age like building things I had connects that was like my favorite toy um 
And so it wasn't like they ever pushed it on me. I definitely grew up knowing I had complete choice in what I wanted to do. Um, but I was definitely like aware of STEM and involved in it. I did science camps every summer, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I knew what it was going into high school. And then I also was lucky enough to go to a high school that um, had a four-year engineering program. So I did that for all four years. Um, like the first year is like introduction to engineering and then it kind of goes through. Um, and then the last year you spend the whole year designing a, um, like basically like a senior design project. Um, mm-hmm. So that last year of high school with the senior design project is what really solidified my knowledge that I wanted to go into engineering in college. So when I was doing um, college applications, uh, I applied for engineering in every school. I think mechanical engineering was my top for all of them. Um, Although I didn't really know exactly which engineering I wanted to go into. Um, I chose mechanical because I'm a very hands-on learner. I really like to build, um, see like physical objects and how things Mm -hmm. work. Always been that kind of person. Um, So from my knowledge of the different fields of engineering, I thought mechanical fit best. Um, but there's like so many different fields and they're always expanding, especially now new ones being introduced um, and growing. Um, so definitely look into that if you're interested. But I think I did, I think I applied to mechanical for all of my college applications. But anyways, did so, you ever, yeah, go ahead. sorry, did you ever, consider a different field in STEM, like maybe the medical field or something with like environmental science or something like that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I really liked biology in high school, but you take biology first year and I didn't take AP bio because I had conflicts with my schedule basically. Um, So it wasn't something that like stuck with me and that I thought Mm -hmm. I wanted to pursue. Maybe if I take an AP bio and I like still liked it at that point, maybe I would have gone a different route maybe more towards the science side or something. Um, so not really. Engineering was co- always kind of what I thought I wanted to do. And I really do, like, give credit entirely to that the fact that I did that um, four-year program at my high school. Um, anyways, that was a long answer to your question. <laughs> no, it's fine. That was a great answer. Uh, but I guess going back to, like, my upbringing, I definitely – that's where Kim and I differed for sure is I was raised in a household with STEM always around and always being encouraged. And I knew what it was from a very young age. And I definitely think that did influence me going into STEM. Like I said, the program in high school did for sure. But even doing the program itself was for sure influenced by family and friends around me who were also involved in STEM. Um, Mm. I probably wouldn't even have known what the engineering program was without um, one of my friends who was also raised in a similar household and her parents knew about the program. It was new when I was first starting. So I'm really glad that I did that. And I would never say that I felt like my parents pushed me one way or the other. They were really open and understanding about that. But I am grateful for them introducing it to me at a young age because I think that definitely helped shape like who I am today and why I chose engineering. So yeah, I love that. All right. So yeah, like Michaela was saying, mine's pretty different. Um, my mom is from the Philippines and she did get her degree in nursing. She is a registered nurse right now. However, I do consider myself a first generation student because her university process in the Philippines is that you don't have to apply at all and you honestly just enroll. And so she doesn't really understand the 
United States uh, university system or college system. She had no idea how to help me apply or anything. So the whole definition of being a first generation student is like not having those resources. Um, and my dad, he is from the United States, but he did not attend college. So my mom, while she is in nursing, I wasn't really exposed to a lot of science stuff growing up. Um, I don't know if I don't want to like perpetuate stereotypes, but it is a thing that a lot of Filipinos are nurses. I was definitely definitely more pushed to that direction. My mom wanted to me to either be a nurse or a doctor because that's how a lot of Filipino Filipino families are. They kind of go towards medical. and your sister's a nurse yeah. too. But that yes, my sister is a registered well. nurse. Right. So they really wanted me to be a nurse and I didn't really like know what to do growing up. I was um, in a lot of those gifted classes where they kind of like push you towards math and science. I think that's the goal of a lot of those classes sometimes. Um, and then in high school, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I took all the honors and AP classes in science in math, but I didn't go to a large high school like Michaela. So our science and engineering type stuff wasn't really developed, to be honest. Um, I went to a really small charter school. So we honestly didn't even have like, or we didn't really have a lot of AP classes. Right. Really. I mean, we only had like honors chemistry and I took AP calculus, you know, the very basic stuff. Um, uh, but when I started to get interested in science was my, I believe it was my first or second year in high school, they had a computer class where briefly they taught us HTML. And at this point, I was like, wow, this is actually really cool. Like you make stuff out of this. And I knew that I loved sewing. So I love to create stuff. And I also really liked helping people. And I knew I was really good at science and math. So when I was introduced to this whole computer science realm, I was like, wow, this is so cool. So I ended up going to a hackathon with one of my best friends. We were only like sophomores or something in high school. And the hackathon was only for women, which was really, really cool. And it was women ranging from the high school age all the way up to the college level. So a bunch of different levels there and we were paired with two other high school girls we were the only high schoolers there it was like yeah. 70 girls there but everyone else was like yeah everyone else was in college um so we were tasked with creating a website that well everyone else was supposed to make a, an app that educates people on climate change so since we weren't really like hardcore coders, all we could do was make a uh, website. So we made a website and I was like, wow, this is really cool. You can educate people. You can use your background in this to really help people do different things. So I really, really enjoyed um, having to do that. And so I then started to consider a degree in computer science, but I wasn't really sure um, if that was the route. And when I was deciding to apply to college, um, I went on a tour at a university where my sister's husband's friend went and that friend was studying civil engineering. So then he introduced me to the field of civil engineering and what civil engineers could do. And he talked about how a lot of them 
study traffic control, how they study um, water quality, air quality, different things like that. So I was like, what the hecking heck? This is so cool. And being someone that was growing up in Southern California with a huge traffic problem, I was really interested in how I could use my skills in science and math to solve these complex problems with traffic and other problems. Um, I talked about my mom being from the Philippines. I was really inspired by her stories about how a lot of times people in the big city of Manila, they don't have clean water. They don't have the same resources that we do in the United States. So I was very interested in water quality and what that could do for people in underdeveloped countries. So that's when I kind of really started to get interested in engineering and I decided that I would kind of steer away from the computer science route just because it wasn't diet or at least what I didn't understand of the computer, computer science field at the time. It wasn't helping people in the way that I understood. So I wanted to help people in the way that civil engineering could. I just said that really weird. Civil engineering could. Um, well, and so that's why I <laughs> That's why I decided to apply for that. And I ended up getting into all my universities as civil engineering, except for UCI. I got in as undeclared. And I actually talked about this in one of my YouTube videos, but essentially I got in as undeclared and I came in with the goal of wanting to switch into civil engineering. But when I started taking chemistry, I was like, this is really cool. I love chemistry. I want to take organic chemistry. And I finally decided to switch my major to chemical engineering, which I'm so happy about now just because I am absolutely in love with chemistry and the way that I can help people in this field is a lot different from civil engineering, but still in the same way where I'm trying to study renewable energy, mm -hmm. clean energy solutions where we don't, I don't know, a lot of my classes talk about how people in underfunded cities or underdeveloped cities experience greater risks okay. of health because they're um they don't have the same resources and same energy um developments in their region so that's me <laughs> this whole process my mom like had no idea what engineering meant and she still doesn't really understand okay. a lot of times she'll uh, talk to me in the morning and she's she because she googles chemical engineering to try to read up on it because she doesn't know so which is completely fine but she's like so people in your field they they work with oil and I'm like actually mom yes but that's not what I wanted to like at all so yeah she she really wanted me to be a nurse and a doctor or a doctor but she when she found out that chemical engineers make a lot of money even though I'm definitely not going to be part of that because that's only chemical engineers that work in oil and gas um she was like oh yes be a chemical engineer I remember like so many times throughout four years of college she would be like oh my mom texted me and was like asking or like she would ask you questions about engineering or like she would say things that like <laughs> didn't make sense at all because she was like she didn't understand what it was and I thought it was so cute I love you mom I know oh man and I'm like Wow, I obviously want her to be there when I defend right. my PhD, but she's just gonna be like, What is, what is happening? <laughs> She'll be like, I thought you studied chemical engineering, I'll be talking about like catalysis or something. <laughs> She'll be like, What is that? I thought, Oh man, I love her, but she's she keeps asking me when I'm gonna graduate. I'm like, Mom, I'm five forever. more years, yeah, I'm gonna be here forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing that you mentioned 
at the beginning was that you said you went to this hackathon and stuff and decided to pursue engineering in college. Um, one of the reasons was you were kind of encouraged because you were good at math and science, which yeah. one thing I want to bring up is that also doesn't have to be the case always. Right. Although right. I was encouraged to follow STEM with my upbringing and grew up in that kind of household, I was not the best at math and science. Like, sure, I did have, like, a, a generally, like, gravitated towards it as something I was interested in, um, but it didn't come easy for me. Like, some people, I feel like, feel like there's a stereotype about engineering that you have to be, like, some nerd in math and science or whatever, but I struggled for sure. Like, I remember late nights in, like, middle school, my dad trying to explain, like, some I don't know, pre-algebra thing to me or something. And like, I could not get it. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you're naturally good at. Um, yeah. The key really is just working hard and putting in the time and the effort. And like, you can basically do anything you want. It doesn't have to be something you're naturally good at as long as you're passionate about it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I really did like science and math, but I definitely struggled. Like it was hard for me. Um, I'm also a very, like, it really depends on the teacher for me if I learn well. I have a very, I think, specific like learning style. So I had a lot of yeah. not great math teachers through the years. So that also really made me struggle and question if I wanted to go into a field that was so surrounded by math, which not even math. Okay. When I took physics in high school, I uh, sucked. Like that was my worst grade yeah. in high school was my AP physics grade. I hated physics. Like even coming into college and taking like the basic physics did not do well Physics, honestly, was my weakest link ever in all of my mm -hmm. grades and everything. And yet mechanical engineering is literally all physics. Um, right. So I obviously still pursued that. Um, yeah. But I stuck with it, obviously. I made it out alive. It took a lot of hard work and a lot of watching YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff. Because even to this day, physics is not my strong suit. Um, right. But I ended up learning to really like it because... I think what I found too was that I had a really negative attitude towards physics because I wasn't good at it, which then hmm. made me not like it, which then made me it, it harder for me to understand because I didn't want to put in the time and effort. Um, but what really changed that around for me was my sophomore year. I had a professor ooh, who was the same professor I brought up in the other episode who called yeah. me out for eating snacks. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, he was like one of the best professors I've had at undergrad and um it was my first dynamics class that I took with him and he mm -hmm. just definitely like I clicked with his teaching style. It was how I learned. He explained things really well. Um, and ever since that class, I've had a way greater appreciation for physics and I still yeah. am not good at it. Like I really am not. Um, and it's definitely not my favorite subject, but I kind of learned to enjoy it more. And that like allowed me to get better at it because I didn't see it as some like something like super negative um, right. anyway so the whole point of what I'm saying is like it doesn't have to be something you're naturally good at it good at to like pursue if you're passionate mm -hmm. about it and you're willing to put in the time and the effort then like anyone can do engineering it doesn't have to be something right. like you're that math whiz or you're that science whiz like anyone can do it so yeah dude I actually think that that's a really good point and it kind of like inspires me because as you know you mentioned earlier, I, today was my first mm -hmm. day of grad school. And a lot of times I have this expectation, expectation for myself where I feel like I need to know literally everything about everything. Yeah. Like I'm taking that thermodynamics class and I, the thermo is something I definitely struggle with a yeah. lot. Yeah. So Cause thermo's fucking confusing. Everyone's fucking, yeah. is there anyone who's good at thermo? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Probably, I don't know. The weird, the, the wild, crazy people, but 
I, that's a really good point that Michaela brings up that you really do not have to be the genius right. at a subject. Right. Just be passionate about it, work hard and study it and just have that appreciation and you'll get through yeah, it. Yeah, you'll get through it for sure. And like ask for help. That's okay too, because that was something I didn't do as much as I should have. Um, that's right. like what professors and TAs and your classmates and your friends are there for. And I, this is kind of going back to a conversation we had earlier, Kim and I, but like, I think that that stems also from being a female in STEM is that I kind of feel like I have to, well, we talked about this in the other episode too, but kind of feel like I kind of have to prove myself. And so I don't ask questions because I feel like people might think I'm dumb or something, which is fine. Like to ask questions and it's encouraging you should. And I really wish I had had more courage to do so. But part of the reason I didn't, I think was because I felt like I would, my reputation almost would be ruined and I wouldn't be seen like the same way, Um, Mm. which is something obviously you should fight against. So if you have questions, ask them. And I really, that's like one of my biggest regrets too, is a lot of times looking back at my college experience, sometimes I almost feel like, sometimes I almost feel like I really didn't learn that much because I was so focused on getting the grades and like learning the material for that 10 week class to get the A and um, didn't ask the questions I should have to truly understand and kind of just like would just take in the information and do my best to basically regurgitate it for the tests. On the tests, yeah. yeah. Which is not a good way to learn because, like, looking back, I really don't think I learned as much as I definitely should have. And I paid so much money and put in so much time for my classes. Um, so, anyways, that's going off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you did. Yeah. Um, okay, anyways, on a different note, um, what we're doing now, where we are now... <laughs> Uh, well, Kim already kind of talked about what she's doing. Um, she started her PhD program today. I'm so proud of her. Okay, anyways, um, what I'm doing, so I decided to take the industry route instead of the research way, as Kim did. Um, and so I interned with Chevron Corporation for two summers during college. And after my second summer, um, I was fortunate enough to receive a full-time offer from them, um, which looking back, I'm obviously already grateful, but especially with coronavirus, very, very grateful that I had that opportunity. Um, But I did start full-time there beginning of August. So it's, I guess at this point, it's pretty much two months um, since I started. So I'm really, really enjoying that. And I've gotten really close to some of my coworkers um, and I am enjoying the work I'm doing so far. So I'm really glad I took the full-time offer that I was given last summer and I'm excited to see where my career takes me. So I introduced basically that Kim, I said this earlier and she mentioned it too, that she was starting her PhD program, but you can talk about that route that you took if you want. Yes. So, um, yeah, in college, in college, I actually had a lot of experiences with different internships. I had two internships and two research experiences and when I did my internship, it was a civil engineering internship. However, it was like in industry slash government work. And I just noticed that it was very slow. I kind of felt like it was very repetitive. I wasn't really learning new stuff. I felt kind of bored. I mean, I had a great time that summer, but just the work itself wasn't very fulfilling, I guess. And the opposite reaction I had the complete opposite reaction when I had my two research experiences, even though that one summer was really hard for me with my mentor and everything. Um, I talked about this in a previous episode. I, even though I had that bad relationship with him, 
I had a great time that summer just because research is so interesting to me. You're creating new information, presenting new information to the world to be digested. And maybe you'll change some field somehow. I don't know, which I just find so exciting. And even though it's very intimidating and scary, I wanted to pursue that. And so that's kind of why I decided to go into um, a doctorate program just because I know I, I appreciate the support. Um, I also know that in the future I would like to teach or go into politics, but it's funny because someone recently asked me like, do you think that if you have a PhD you'll finally get over your imposter syndrome. And I don't think that receiving a PhD will help me get over imposter syndrome, but I do think that it will help in some way, just because the truth, the fact of the matter, especially in the United States, is that when you have power, people listen to you and there's power in having a PhD. And so I think that that's not the same, the sole reason why I'm getting it. I really do want to pursue this education. Like you definitely should not pursue a PhD if you're just trying to become powerful. Um, you can do that other ways, but I, I want to be able to be an expert in my field and share information. And I don't know, one day maybe go into politics because we don't have enough women or science and, or a female scientist in politics. Yeah. So, so basically what she's saying is she'll be an expert in her field. And in five years, when I come back and ask her again, is water wet? <laughs> she can explain that in more <laughs> scientific terms to me. Yeah. And I literally can't say any shit back because mm-hmm. she knows what she's talking about. So exactly. Um, you literally cannot say I anything. Cannot say anything. And do you know the amount of times that she has been like, like she won't now because she's, <laughs> She won't do it now in front of everyone. The amount of times we've been in her apartment, she'd be like, um, call me Dr. Yules. Like, don't refer to me any other way except Dr. Yules. Like, things like that. Oh, I think you mean Dr. Yules. <laughs> Dude, after we graduated this summer, I kept telling people, like, that's Kimberly, comma, BS Kimberly, to you. comma, BS. Just wait till she has her PhD. Oh, I'm going to have to leave town so I have to hear this shit. God, I'm gonna be so obnoxious. Like a student's gonna be like, "Oh, Kimberly," I'll be like, "Excuse me, that's Doctor Yule." Have you you. changed your Instagram bio yet? To like, I can't, dude. Why? What future Doctor Yule? Future Doctor Yules. PhD candidate. Future Doctor Yules. I guess on my way, dude. I'm honestly kind of surprised you haven't done it yet. So. (laughs) Okay. I think that concludes this episode. (laughs) Um, But if there's anything you should take away from the episode, the whole gist is that it doesn't matter where you come from. All that matters is what you are passionate about. And if you pursue those freaking dreams, ladies and gentlemen. Love that you added the second part. (laughs) We didn't discuss that, Michaela. Sorry. Redo. Okay. Uh, Take four. Take five. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding too. I'm kidding. Uh, well, kings, queens, and everyone in betweens. That was. <laughs> is that our new? Is that our new ending? <laughs> yes. I like it. I love it. That was. I thought about it in the shower once. <laughs> that was episode four of Unfiltered. Catch us um, not this week, but hopefully next week. We are going to be transitioning to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and 
um, Amazon Music and all those yes. different good things that are out there. We will start uploading on there instead. No, it would be, be both. Okay. Be both. All right, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, we'll be there. Look out for us. Like, comment, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. And think about that brain <laughs> teaser. And we'll be back next week with an answer for you and some more good information and stories to tell. My name's Kimberly. My name's Michaela. And this is is Unfiltered. Unfiltered. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Good night.